Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Theater of Football. I am Mike Hodem, and I'm joined once again by Patrick Heinrich. Patrick, uh, did you watch our Europa League match yesterday? Hey, everybody. I certainly did. And what an interesting match it was, <laughs> to say the least. Yeah, at, uh, at halftime, I didn't think we'd really have anything to talk about at all. <laughs> That's right. Um, but uh, for those of you who missed it uh, or just didn't, we're kind of indifferent towards it. Um, because we're 5 0 up from the first leg. Uh, United won 2 1 over last class, scored an opener. Beautiful opener by them. Credit to them for that goal. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, uh, immediate response through uh, Jesse Lingard and uh, uh, a winner laid on by uh, Tony Marshall. He scores again. So, he does. Um, Patrick, I want to start with the starting 11 um we we talked about in our uh uh europa league preview video uh about who we thought the starting 11 would be and we were pretty much right there was one surprise if you want to call it that and mcguire starting how did you feel about uh mcguire getting the nod playing 90 minutes <laughs> i don't know it, it to me it seemed like a um Maybe uh, Ole was was thinking just what what in the world could possibly go wrong, and maybe we'll just we'll just keep McGuire in the back just in case. I don't think it was necessary. I mean, it's not like we're going to give up six goals <laughs> in one game, so I don't think it was necessary. But to me, it was kind of like let's just play it safe and just stick him on the squad. But yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Sometimes by playing it safe, you end up not playing it safe and risk uh, injuries. But yes. um, we'll, 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 get, we'll kind of talk a little bit more on that later. I think uh, uh, Ole said after the match that Lindelof picked up a knock, so he wasn't available. Mm -hmm. And I guess he, yeah, he guess he just didn't trust uh, Menji to go from the, the off. So, um, yeah, it was kind of disappointing that Maguire had to play and play 90 minutes, but – um, yeah. I mean, you had by in starting in the back, so it isn't like inconceivable that you would you could start someone like Menji um, in the back. So you have some experience with Bai. So, and in the in the chance in the game that we had, why not you know experiment a little bit? It's not like we you know don't need to start thinking about our back line anyway. <laughs> yeah, options we have, and. I I mentioned, I think you as well, in the previous video about wanting to see Ethan Laird. Mm -hmm. And I was very disappointed he wasn't even in the 23-man squad. Nope. Uh, apparently he was fit, uh, available to play, and he was in the, the stands sitting close by uh, David De Gea, who also was not in the 23-man squad. Um, but uh, – I mean, yeah, that was that was disappointing for me to not see Ethan play because uh, the, the times I've watched him play for the reserves, he he looks like a heck of a player. In fact, I think I've said before that when I saw him on the same pitch with Brandon Williams, I thought he was the better fullback. So yeah, um, it would be it would have been nice. This would have been a perfect opportunity to see him play, and I was glad that Menji did eventually get on and and make his debut. So uh, good for him, good for the young lad. Um, but uh, uh, let's uh, let's let's move on to uh, the the substitutions and around the a little after the 60th minute mark, shortly after Lingard equalized, 
And the first hour of the match, I thought Jesse Lingard was by far our best player. Uh, do you, would you agree with that assessment? Yeah, absolutely. I, I would completely agree with that assessment un, with the caveat that being by far the best player in that match is not saying a whole lot. <laughs> but I thought that he was doing really well. And, you know, he, he got his uh, goal, you know, and answered and responded to um, the goal that last scored. And I thought he was doing really well in the beginning. Yeah, the, the, bar, the bar was set so low that if you're watching this video, it's down in our comments section where you can uh, let us know what you thought of Jesse's uh, performance <laughs> yesterday. But, um, yeah, I thought it was his best performance at least, you know, 18, 24 months. And I'm not saying that we don't sell him now. I mean, I still think if you get 15, 20 million for him, you take it and let him negotiate with a new club. Um, but... I know he has been going through a lot in his personal life and it was good to good to see him out there. And I think a lot of his poor play to me looking at him is when he crosses those lines, he's not focused. He's not 100% focused. His mind seems elsewhere. And yesterday he looked like he was fully engaged with what was going on. Uh, he was energetic, which, he was two years ago, and he hasn't been for 18 months, 24 months. Um, he looked like he had ideas in his head, good ideas. Mm -hmm. um, and, yeah, he played, he played uh, a, a handful of good balls. I think that first half was bad, but any decent attacking move we had was – he was at the heart of it. Mm -hmm. Now it would, the ball would end up with James or McTominay or Fred or – you know, Mata, who slowly got better as the game went on, but um, and and the the move would would not pan out. But I thought he was excellent, and for him to get the hook on six on the sixty little after the sixtieth minute, I think that was something Ole had planned. I think he had always. Now the board said Pogba for Lingard, but it was really Pereira for Lingard. Yeah. Um, and I think he always planned to have Lingard play an hour and then have Pereira play the last half an hour. Yeah. Uh, now, we'll talk about Pogba in a minute, but do you feel like, given how well Lingard was playing and how short of confidence he had been, and the fact that we don't have good depth, and again, I'm not saying that, oh, sign him to a new contract, but wouldn't you leave him out there at that point? Yeah, I would. But it was really interesting because um, in the the pregame press conference, um, which we won't even go into why Jesse was part of that, if he wasn't even, you know, he could have been the captain of the squad. But, you know, um, we kept McGuire in. Okay, that's fine. But um one of the things that he said was he was talking about his play time and he's like well even if I'm on the pitch for like you know 10 15 20 minutes like he sounded like he wasn't you know gonna play a full game anyway so um I I sometimes I worry about um Lingard's endurance um and I I could see ahead of time you know making Ole making the decision to pull him out 
um, as like a premeditated move. But I think it would have been a great opportunity to keep him out there <laughs> at least see, you know, what else he could contribute. Yeah, when they showed him on the bench after the sub, he looked upset, but he also looked like he was breathing heavy. Yeah. Which, you know, if you run as much as footballers do, uh, I couldn't do it. So um, fair play to them. But, uh, uh, but watching him on the match bef- in the match before that substitution, he didn't look tired to me at all. He looked like yeah. he was even kicking on from the already good play that he, he was, he was giving us uh, for the first hour. So if he still wanted to bring on Pereira for Lingard, because Ole sees them as being similar players, then maybe wait another 10 minutes. Um, But I I was disappointed that Lingard got, got the hook and I didn't, I never thought I would say that, but um, (laughs) for what he has gone through personally and for what the British media writes about him just to me is utter crap. And he's not completely innocent in this. There's been things he's done uh, that won't, that typically bring that type of uh, attention on you, but mm-hmm. you know, this, reports of him asking you know smalling and young how they like italy well there's probably gaming with them and you know old man ashley young gets up and goes uses the restroom and he's there with chris and he's like hey chris so how's italy you know yeah, uh, that's right i think you or i at playing games with a coworker would make small talk like that so yeah i mean it's just that they, they they write these articles to make them seem like uh bad guys to the fans and that just adds more fuel to the fire and I don't I don't I don't think at the end of the day Lingard was a starting performer and some of the worst Manchester United sides of the last 30 years mm-hmm. I'm not for, I'm not forgetting that but at the same time I mean he scored a fabulous winner at Wembley to get get us the FA Cup in 2016 mm-hmm. Um, and he, I mean, he, he, he's been, he's been, he's been, he's done his part for the club or tried to do his part for the club. I don't feel like, I mean, we've, we've kind of dissed him on this channel too, but I mean, yes, his football has been poor the past two years, but Mm -hmm. the one time he's playing well, it's just very disappointing to see him get, get the hook. And then, uh, I read some other news today that said that, uh, United will listen to offers for Jesse Lingard. Well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> we will. But you're, you're going to say that on the back of, of one good game against Slask. Yeah. And, and that's the other thing to keep in perspective. Yes, he had one good game finally, but it was against Slask. So. Yeah. But let me digress and move <laughs> on to the other sub that was made uh, around the 62nd minute, I believe. Um, and that was uh, Pogba coming on for Fred. Uh, this seemed also premeditated because I feel like Ole, if you want to call him a successor to Matic alongside Pogba, you can, for lack of a better term. But it felt like Pogba uh, came on so that Ole could see the last half hour of McTominay uh, playing alongside him. Is that kind of how you saw it, Patrick? Yeah, I don't see any other reason for it. Although, 
sometimes I also feel like, um, you know, just the bench of players um, just keeps poking Ole. They're like, put me in, put me in, put me in. And then he's like, fine, whatever. It's, it's just go ahead and go in. And it, it's funny because um, I, I've heard it a couple times before where Ole is like, well, you know, I'm going to do this, but all the players keep asking me to play. They always want to play. They want to keep playing. So sometimes I feel like they just like tug on his shirt a little bit on the bench and say, put me in. And sometimes it's less like, okay, whatever. So I, it seems to me it's either a very strategic decision to do what you said and watch him in his relationship with McTominay, or it's just whatever, go ahead and go in. You know, this is the game to do it, I guess, unless you're risking injury. Like is always on the edge there. Yeah, I was not thrilled to see Pogba. And you're, I mean, you texted me. Uh, I think after the the substitution with Chong, uh, that exact thing. That's like, oh, player. The players are just saying, hey, can I come in? Can I go in? He's like, yeah. okay, yeah, you know. And, and but I, yeah, that could have been the case with Pogba. Um, I would like to think not. Yeah. I think I think Bruno was was clamoring to get on and he 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 stood up to him and said no we need you in this tournament going forward on Monday. Yeah. yeah. Um so but but I mean he he did cave in to Martial. He said after the game that that Tony told him that you know I put me on coach I'll get you up I'll, I'll get you put me on gaffer I'll get you a goal. Yeah. I'll score a goal too. And he did. And yep. I guess when he scored, he pointed over to the bench. I didn't know who he was pointing at, but I guess that was to, to Ole thanking him or th- telling Ole, I told you, told you that I'd score. So, yeah. um, but like, I don't, I didn't like us risking Maguire. Now, I don't know. I don't think Maguire has set the world on fire this season after his 80 million pound move, but nope. given our, injuries at center back at the moment and Phil Jones lurking in the the, the shadows if he ever gets <laughs> fit. Um, I don't want him out there being risked. I didn't want Pogba to be risked. I didn't want uh, Martial to be risked, but it is what it is. Having said that, I kind of alluded to it before, McTominay had a very poor match, I thought. Very. Um, and as a manager – like Paul Pogba is not gonna is not the type of player who's gonna go in there and suddenly McTominay is gonna do a one eighty and, and and play fantastically because yeah. Pogba's there. That's yeah. not that's that's not how how it how it how it works. But um, uh, at least with with Paul, and I'm not knocking Paul, but that's just not he's not gonna go in there and the his midfield partner who's more defensive minded is gonna suddenly play much better. Yeah. Um, that's just not the case. So um, I, I think sometimes you make plans and you you just got to scrap them and say, okay, J- James Garner was on the bench. Say, hey, Jimmy, you go yeah. in, you go in for Fred, you know, yeah. just do or go in for Scott. You know, if you're going to take one of them out, just put in Garner, let him get some playing time, get, mm-hmm. get another kid some playing time. Um, and just tell Pogba, you know, I, I mentioned to you that, you you I wanted you to play but you know I just don't think it's worth the risk um the risk reward factor just isn't in our favor so yeah 
Pogba did okay when he came on, but I thought McTominay the whole 90 minutes was really poor, and I, I'm, that was disappointing because I was hoping he would start to take – I was hoping both he and Fred would improve and um, kick on, but I thought they both were poor. Like, I'm not yeah. picking on McTominay. I thought Fred was poor too. I thought, I thought most of the squad was poor, really. But um, I want to move on to one final substitution to, to discuss – um, and this one had me <laughs> flummoxed uh, at, well, for a while. Um, and that was when Ole brought Williams off for Chong with around, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes to go. And I don't know about you, Patrick, but I was looking around. Like, I, was ex- I thought he was going to switch to a back three with Fozumensa back there and maybe yeah. – James as the right wing back and Changi as the left wing back to just experiment something with this tactics and the formation and everything. Uh, but no, he stayed with the back four and Changi was a straight swap with Williams at left back. Uh, what were your thoughts on that? And how do you think uh, uh, Tahith did? Well, I thought he did well um, in that position. Um, I, you know, I agree. I also thought it was a little bit odd <laughs> seeing him in that position. Um, and, you know, I thought a little bit about, you know, why, <laughs> why would he do that? But I, I think, um, I think he played really well in that position, <laughs> at least for the game that we played. Um, you know, I, I wouldn't, you know, hedge my bets on seeing him again in that position, unless you know, we're in a similar position where we have a, a five nil aggregate, but um, I thought he did good. I thought he did well. Yeah. Um, this was another one that, that, that felt uh, premeditated from Ole. Um, and I wonder if it doesn't go back to uh, a few weeks ago, that Southampton match where Williams and Shaw got injured. Mm-hmm. Uh, we finished that match with 10 men. We went to that palace match, not knowing who would play at left back and it wound up being Timmy. Yeah. Um, so I wonder now, and I don't mean to diss Ole, but I don't think he alone or he period is clever enough to see, you know, Chung's at, you know, deep and buried in the squad, buried in the depth, depth chart, what, whatever, what have you and say, Hey, let's see if he can play left back. <laughs> and also it's worth Noting now, I, I don't watch every reserve match, but I do watch a fair bit of our reserves to see who's coming through. And I have seen, um, I haven't seen, sorry, I have not seen Chong play at, at, at as a fullback, yeah, um, or anything close to it. So, uh, that really threw me for a loop. Um, and you leave Ethan Laird out, who is a fullback you leave him out of the 23 man squad and you put in Chong for Williams. I mean, that just had to be premeditated. And I don't know if maybe after the Southampton match, Chong went up to Ole or the coaching, somebody in the coaching staff said, Hey, why don't you try me at left back? You know, Mm -hmm. I can, I can, I can play there. I can, I can make tackles. I know what I I can figure out how to do it. Um, Or, if maybe one of the other coaches just thought, saw him play and has seen him tackle quite a bit and thinks he does a good job and thinks yeah. he's got the, the tactical uh, know-how to, to be able to handle um, playing in a, as a fullback. I don't, I don't know. 
Um, but I, I wonder if whatever triggered that was the, the Southampton match. Hmm. Um, Interesting. But yeah, that's just weird. And I don't think Ole was asked about that. And I didn't watch his post-match press conference, but I read the transcript and I didn't find anything about Chong. And if I was a, if I was a journalist, that would have been one of my first questions, but they seemed wanting to keep asking him about Sancho and transfer rumors and he keeps shutting them down. And that's what all managers do at this point, pretty much. Yeah, right. Um, and it's like you, you, they, you get, you have so many questions, so much, so much time in a press conference and you're going to waste a question's time on this that we know he's going to, how he's going to answer. Yeah. It's frustrating. Well, a lot of times I think the press is um, under this pressure where like if they don't ask that question in every occasion, then they, you know, get fire from their, their bosses saying, well, you didn't ask him the question. You didn't give the option to say something or say no. But a lot of times I think the press just asks the question just to say that they did. Um, but do you need like eight people asking the same question rephrased in different ways just for him to say no a lot? I don't think so. <laughs> You're there. You should be able to like change your question and strategy on the press side, um, you know, based on what other people are saying. But um, yeah, I, I, it's once he says no once and he's, you see he's not open to it, like let's move on to something more, you know, useful to talk about like, you know, that substitution. Yeah, and you bring up an excellent point because there is pressure from their bosses and the 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 uh, publications they work for. Mm -hmm. I'm sure to to try and be the be the company to break the story, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, these are you have a pre-match press conference the day before, and then you have a post-match press conference immediately after the match, and there was many talking points from that match. I think he was asked about Jesse. Yeah. Um, uh, and why, uh, you know, took him off. And uh, um, I believe he, yeah, he talked about Martial, of course. And I think he may have talked about Paul as well. No, I, maybe, I think he talked about Maguire playing. But, um, yeah, I would have liked to have had him be asked about Chong because I would have – I mean, he might not have given a straight answer. Yeah. Um, might have side-talked that question, too. But, you know, at least ask the question. I mean, because I think a lot of fans, you, I, and probably millions of United supporters out there were kind of scratching our heads at that. And then, yeah, he played really well. Yeah. Um, I mean, his attacking play was really good. Uh, but he, he made two tackles and won them both. He blocked a cross. Now, in the last minute, he kind of he almost threw all that good work away uh, when last came forward on a counterattack, and he maybe got caught a little bit too narrow, a little too close to Maguire, mm -hmm. and gave too much space out there on the wing. But I felt like he could have still closed it down. He kind of half-heartedly went out there and stopped and let them cross the ball, and thankfully the striker hit it right into Romero's chest yeah, right? Um, to preserve the, the win on the night. I mean, we weren't going to lose. We weren't going to go not go through, but yeah, uh, it's, you know, I was just, 
you know, Roy Keane's, if Roy Keane was there, he would have been, he would have been swinging punches at him in the, the dressing room <laughs> asking why, he, why he couldn't go those, those two yards. You can't run two yards. I'd be swinging punches at him. You know? So I just, that was kind of, I was kind of upset that he did that because I, I thought he had a, a great 20 minutes. Yeah. Great 20 minute cameo. And then, yeah, he just, he didn't run those two yards and you can't run two yards. And yeah. yeah. But, you know, he might not have blocked the cross anyway, but at least he could, he could have made a little bit better effort at yeah. that point. But yeah, I, yeah. I, uh, I do want to get us out um, on this. Uh, you and I talked about how we need to give uh, that club from Istanbul. I'm not even going to attempt to say the name again. Um, some credit and then they got hammered right before our match three nil uh to copenhagen who we will play on monday yep um yeah bad predictions on our part huh yeah <laughs> hey it came from a logical perspective so if that's everything we can say then that's 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 fine by me but yeah got it totally wrong <laughs> yeah, I, I, I was thinking about dangerous teams left in the competition, and I was looking for teams that were already, you know, qualified in the Champions League, which meant, in my mind, that they had a, a good season, that they might be in good form. But yep. maybe the dangerous teams are the ones who haven't qualified for the Champions League yet, like uh, uh, Copenhagen. And we did mention Wolves, Wolves. Um, last video. Uh, yeah. But, um, um, you know, th those types of clubs that really want the Champions League and are desperate, the desperate teams might be the most dangerous. Um, now, Sevilla, if they finish fourth in Spain, they'll be in the Champions League. I didn't watch their game today, but supposedly they looked really good against Roma. Uh, so yeah. uh, they, they, they might be dangerous. And I'm really looking forward to their match with Wolves. Uh, I think it's on Tuesday. I believe we play Monday. I believe that matches Tuesday. I yeah, could be wrong. Like Tuesday. I, yeah. Okay. Uh, I think that'll be the best uh, quarterfinal matchup. Um, Cause I think Wolves are, are tough. They don't, they're not going to get hammered. They don't get hammered. I should say. Um, and they'll give, they'll give Sevilla a good fight. Sevilla play good football. Yeah. Um, so that that'll that should be a really good match, and whoever comes out of that, if we're able to get through against Copenhagen, uh, that should be another really good match. Yeah, uh, in that that semifinal. So um, yeah, be, some interesting, some good games coming up in the Europa League, and uh, the Champions League gets kicked off tomorrow. So yeah. uh, we have that to look forward to as well. Yeah, the Inter Leverkusen game should be really good too. On Monday. That is a good point. And I, I, <laughs> Bayer is another team that uh, I believe they did not qualify for the – I think they got beat out in the Champions League by uh, Borussia Mönchengladbach. So uh, they're, they're another team that's going to be playing desperate. Yeah. Um, and uh, they could be – yeah, that, that, that'll be another that, – because, I th yeah, you have uh, those two. If you look at Enter and Bayer and Bayer Leverkusen and uh, uh, Sevilla and Wolves, you have one team that's already qualified for the Champions League and another team that's got a good squad, quality players, uh, decent team. Yeah. But they're desperate uh, to qualify for the Champions League. So both – yeah, you're right. Both those games could be really good. Yep. Um, so 
Uh, actually, I want one more thing. I'll keep this going just a little, just a little bit longer. Patrick, I wanted to ask you, what is your, what do you want to see? Uh, who do you want to see in our starting eleven on Monday? Well, I think we, I mean, take less chances, obviously, <laughs> than we had um, before. Um, I, I think I'd like to still see Romero in goal. Um, I thought he did well. Um, and uh, I mean, I think I'd like to see Fernandez back up in the front. Um, and I think, you know, we need that just to ensure, you know, that we win this game. Um, it's a, an important, important match. So, um, you know, and I'd, I'd, I'd like to see uh, Martial start um, again. I mean, I know Igalo probably will, but um, I think we need to come off on a really strong a strong side with some, you know, great attacking football in the beginning um, just to make sure that we uh, secure a, a victory. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think I would like to see Romero stay in goal. I don't want him dropping him like he did in the FA Cup. Let yeah. Romero finish out the this this cup competition, however it finishes. Um, but yeah, actually, the the other ten I would like to see be the the same ten that played against Leicester. Mm -hmm. um, so they would come back what fifteen days after the Leicester match. Uh, of yeah. course, McGuire and 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 Pogba and Martial and Williams played some minutes. Yeah, um, the other day. Yeah. But yeah, I would like to see that that ten again. Um, and you're right, we need to. I mean. That first half yesterday was just too slow. We can't I – mean, Mata was better in the second half. Um, Lingard was, I thought, our only bright spot in that first half. Um, and we came out of the locker room even before the last goal, and uh, we, we, we played at a, a faster tempo, yeah. um, which, was, which was good. But we need to get back to getting our studs back in there. Yeah. Yeah, I completely agree. Yep. So, uh, yeah, the curtain is finally closing on the theater of football. Um, for Patrick, I'm Mike. Uh, please uh, let, you let us know uh, what you think uh, in our comments section and uh, hit us up on Twitter at Theater of Football. And uh, for, yeah, for Patrick, I'm Mike. Have a uh, wonderful day wherever you're at. Cheers, everyone.